Everybody, quiet. My mom's calling me. Hi, honey. How's your flu? Sorry you couldn't join us for Thanksgiving. I'm here and I'm making cocktails. Uh, Mom, you're breaking up. Drop the call. Make a real connection with the Kahlua Cold Blue Soda, the unofficial drink of Friendsgiving. Stick to the script. Drink responsibly. Kahlua Rum and Coffee Liqueur, 20% alcohol by volume. Product of Mexico, 2019 imported by the Kahlua Company, New York, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, Ooses? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms, and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast, and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war, because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, radio, radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coda Jacobs, the crusader and visionary behind a brighter future in wrestling. If you're an honorable and noble public servant like myself, you are listening to the Game Changer Podcast. going on you guys my name is nate the effing great part of wrestle addict radio and this is the game changer podcast Did you kind of notice i am solo this time around mr frets enjoying a wonderful fab tableless weekend with his family and actually if you bear with me just for a moment i was told to actually deliver a message from <laughs> from mr frets himself and Here's where it's kind of funny, because this will show you the commitment that Mr. Fretz has to this podcast. He says, man, last time I was on vacation, SmackDown 1000 took place, and we had Batista Triple HTs. I should do this more often. <laughs> so, it is kind of crazy to see to think about you know how things have changed since then. And honestly, for WWE, it's not been exactly for the better. And AEW has definitely been a huge competitor right now. They are killing it in the ratings against NXT, which is arguably the best brand on uh, WWE's television lineup. I mean, of course, you have the Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and of course, they have everything going on with 
the greatness that is the, I guess you could call it the invasion of sorts, that they, NXT has been doing. In all honesty, you guys, I am looking forward to Survivor Series. It's one of the few times that I've been really looking forward to a huge WWE event. And the fact that they've incorporated NXT into this really does make it very special. So, I just want to say, first of all, Mr. Fretz, we love you, we miss you. Looking forward to seeing you here on the show next week. Now, I want to talk a little bit about mainly... So, I'm actually not going to go too much in detail with a lot of these shows. Because since Mr. Fretz is not here, you're only going to have one side of the story. But... I am going to talk a little bit about some headlines that actually came up throughout this past week, as well as discuss a bit of some interesting things that have been going on. So, uh, this past weekend we had AEW Full Gear. It was a positively fantastic show from what I heard. I was not able to watch it because I was at Frontline Pro witnessing a historic night, and I will talk about that in just a bit. But to go through like the quick... Details of what happened at Full Gear. Uh, Britt Baker defeated Bea Priestley. Proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz. I will still call them LAX, even though they're not part of Impact anymore. Uh, they defeated the Young Bucks. We had Adam Page defeating Pact. We had Sean Spears defeating Joey Janela. SoCal Uncentered retained their tag team titles in a great three-way tag matchup. We had Chris Jericho retaining the world title over Cody because of MJF, which, oh my gosh, I will definitely be going into that as well. And John Moxley defeating Kenny Omega in a unsanctioned lights-out matchup. I know I have to talk about the AEW uh, Women's World Title Tournament, but I have to get the results for that one because I'm looking on the Wikipedia, and honestly, it's saying something weird that Blank defeated Rio, which is not true. It is not 100% true at all. I know that Rio uh, retained her title, but I... What am I, what am I doing with this search engine? It's really weird. Um, honestly, from what I saw, it was a very great event. It was one of those events that you could say is one of the best of the year. There are people that have been saying that they are not going to be going to be doing the unsanctioned matches as much anymore just because of the fact that okay here we go uh, Rio defeated uh, Amy Sakura Sa- yeah Sakura <clears throat> uh, they're probably not going to do the lights out uh, these unsanctioned matchups as much because it did get to be pretty brutal in fact on AEW uh, this past week they showed the aftermath of Kenny Omega and just the brutality that he went through his back was messed up it looked like he had a black eye I don't know if that was actually more from his uh, makeup design or if that was a legitimate black eye, but it was one of those things where it was just really scary to see that. But it is still one of the most anticipated events that they actually had. And like I said, it was received positively. I will hopefully get a chance to watch it in its entirety and enjoy wrestling at its finest, which kind of does bring me to a interesting point. I... No, no, no. Let's talk about MJF first. So, MJF screwed Cody. MJF at Full Gear saw that Cody Rhodes was in a uh, Walls of Jericho situation. And let me just say this right off the bat. I listened to the Saw Monster sound off 
review of this, and one of the things that he mentions with the World Title Match was that Cody took this nasty spill on the stage when he was doing, like, the suicide dive, or maybe he was, like, a plancha or something like that, and he did receive a cut over his eye from this plancha. He, it was literally one of those things where there was no con- he did not make contact with Chris Jericho at all. He dove over and hits his face on the, the, me- the metal, uh, the metal area of it. And that's how he got it. And the way he landed, it just looks so, so brutal. So that was one of those things that I was like, wow, they just upped the ante when it came to this matchup. Ooh, he, and he he bled the hard way. Um, MJF basically explained his actions for what he did, was that he was a person who literally thought that Cody was using him and that Cody is more the bad guy and not him. And he starts having this great, you know, this deal, this promo with Jericho, which is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I will tell you guys this, that I'm not going to go too much into it, because it is going to tie into the uh, Pro Talk uh, Tweets of the Week. So, definitely bear with me on that, because some people are going to be like, no, you should talk about that, you should talk about that. It's like, give it time, just give it me a little time. But it was kind of a very... Uh, so I think somebody compared it to the Festival of Friendship. I compare it more to Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens first starting out, and they kept teasing that the two of them were going to break up, and we just see that. It's just so, so entertaining. And it really created for what was a fantastic show. It was just great. So, now I want to talk about the... Oh, jeez, this was interesting. So... Last night on uh, Twitter, I was doing things with, uh, you know, doing my tweets with SmackDown and stuff like that, and I made this comparison. Maybe this was the wrong comparison looking back at it, but at the same time, it does bring up a huge um, point that WWE is still struggling to keep people's interest in us, in their product. And I said that, you know, when AEW... Picks a you know capitalizes on a rivalry. They did exactly what Jericho and MJF did when they wanted to capitalize a rivalry in WWE. They have this whole deal where Baron Corbin talks about Roman being like a little feisty Chihuahua in this past. Oh my oh the dog. Oh that was just so stupid. So Baron Corbin came out on SmackDown and he talked about how. He beat Roman Reigns, and he's going to be the captain, which apparently is official now. He mentions how Roman Reigns is, you know, again, a little chihuahua. He ta- he says, oh, Roman, come to the ring. And we get this, you know, the whole deal where you hear Roman Reigns' music, but then he starts getting substituted with chihuahua barks. And then out comes this guy in a uh, dog, big dog, you know, outfit. <sighs> Just... Mm. I was not a fan of that. So that was where the tweet was coming from. And I got into this argument with somebody where he basically said, oh, it's just like an AEW guy. Stop rolling. Stop, stop, quit, you know, stop hopping on their dicks. Get off of them and actually give WWE more credit. And we got into a bit of a heated deal back and forth where he said that I can't compare the two because the Roman, the whole Roman and, Corbin thing was silly, which honestly is an insult to me to say that I have to think that that's silly. It was not silly, it was stupid. 
it's annoying hearing these, you know, Chihuahua deals. It just, it pissed me off. It really pissed me off. So, that was just really dumb. And I, I ended up muting the guy. It's literally one of those situations where I did not want to hear what he had to say. Maybe there were some parts where he was right. I will admit that, but at the same time, I have a right to my opinion. And the fact that, you know, he's make he's trying to make it seem like, oh, well, you should on this, you know, you should on this, and you make it seem like AEW is better. And he focuses on that one negative I had about SmackDown, where a lot of the other things that happened on SmackDown, I praised. I said, I like what they're doing with Sami Zayn. The whole Fiend deal was awesome. They revealed a new w- uh, Universal title belt in the shade of blue, which honestly is better than when it was red. Thank God that they did that. Um... Yeah, I praised a couple other things. I loved what they did with Daniel Bryan, The Miz, and The Fiend. They set up a matchup between the two of them, uh, between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend at Survivor Series for the Universal title. That I'm looking forward to, because Bryan and Bray have great chemistry together. So I expect that this matchup is going to just elevate not only The Fiend, but it's also going to bring the Universal title more prestige, in my opinion. So that's going to be awesome. So for me, I was at uh, Frontline Pro this past weekend in Stevens Point, and it was a fantastic show. Some of the highlights we had here, um, our, our friend, T-Dub3, he is a madman. There is a video I have on my Facebook where he climbs the top of the entrance structure that they had and takes a dive off of that. He's literally doing all of these great athletic maneuvers. He is literally, he is a gifted athlete. I'm going to tell you that right now. And tomorrow at uh, ACW in Tanners, I will see him challenge for the world title in a triple threat match featuring porn stash Peter Schwanz as well as the champion Logan Lynch. And we also get a chance to see and hear uh, Swoggle's explanation for why he turned on Kalucci, which I'm looking forward to. That's going to be awesome. And... I'm going to be recording it. It's going to be one of those things where I want to know what Swag was thinking. I want to kind of document this. Uh, a couple other things that happened at Frontline Pro. Uh, every title that was on the line at Frontline changed hands. We have a new uh, King of the Cruiserweights champion in Cal Hero. Cal Hero, gifted guy, very well liked. He is just absolutely fantastic. Really great. He's just great in the ring. He is just so great. So it was one of those moments where it seemed like it was a draw between him and T-Dub 3, but the referee ruled in favor of Cal Hero because I think he got his left shoulder up during the pinning predicament. So it was kind of one of those uh, dusty finishes, but it was a really good dusty finish. I really liked it. Uh, The Battle City Championship. Oh my gosh. This was a great four-way matchup that featured Backwoods Brown, Joey Avalon, um, Gosh, uh, Marcia, Marcia Rocket, and a new entrant in Coda Jacobs. And I've talked positively about Coda Jacobs. He is everything that you could hate about politics put into a single person. He does a fantastic job of creating this. So he basically politicked his way into this matchup, which, again, I thought that was amazing. So I was still under the impression that, well, backwards Browns is going to, you know, when the, when it's going to take the victory. 
And seeing uh, Rocket, who is equally a big guy, but compared to Backwoods Brown, he definitely has you know a bit more muscle. And just seeing him lift Backwoods Brown and just slamming him, that was just incredible. So it looks like we were going to see uh, Rocket pick up the victory, but Logan Lynch comes out, he interferes, costs Rocket the title, Coda Jacobs pins Rocket to become the battle the battle champion of Frontline Pro. That was just, it was a great matchup. And that's the second four-way match they had in there. Man, that was just intense. And we got to see Anderson taking on Jay Cash, what was a really good matchup. And what was really cool about this was that I did make the announcement a few weeks ago that I was going to do my commentary debut at ACW uh, anniversary show. Well, Frontline decided to make that happen earlier, so I got the chance to sit down with my two friends, AJ and Chris. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to the Schmuck Money Podcast. And we got to call the matchup between the two of them. It was really great. We had a really great chemistry where we talked about the matchup, we talked about the history, talked about how big of a victory it would be for Jay Cash. And fun fact about this was that Jay Cash and Anderson, about, I think he said there was, I think they said maybe like 10, 20 years, I want to say, that they have, you know, they've kind of, you know, gotten a chance to, you know, work in shows together, but they've never fought against each other one-on-one until this past weekend. And that was great. That was just great. It was a great matchup between them. Uh, we had a nice little tribute to Eddie uh, Anderson at the beginning of the... When he came out, he talked about how it was the anniversary of us losing Eddie. That, that was a heartfelt deal. And we got an Eddie Guerrero moment where he, where they both did this deal where they made it seem like they were getting hit by a... I want to say it was either a chair or if it was a crutch. I can't remember which one it was. And then they did this whole deal where it's like a back and forth behind the referee's back just being like yelling at each other, but Anderson's the one that gets caught. Jay Cash would eventually pick up the victory, and yeah, it was a big big victory for him. Anderson put him over very well, and, you know, we got a nice, you know, handshake deal with the two of them, and then we see Shane Hill and the Dojo of Pain come out, and they take down Jay Cash. Uh, Cash's son came out, who was a referee. He got the crap beat out of him. We see Shane Hill get hit in the head with a cinder block, which, oh gosh, that those spots are just brutal. Um, there was plans about possibly having uh, Cash and Hill face against each other at the final show in December, but I don't know if I see that really happening. I think that that's going to be a situation where he is, I think Jay Cash is going to have to worry about you know taking care of himself, get healthy, so that way he's at 100%. He will have 100% focus on Shane Hill and the Dojo of Pain just to slaughter them. Because after that assault, that was just oh man this this is how you make great this is how you make wrestling great again with these kind of storylines. Uh, another fun thing that happened here was Aaron Arsenal. He came out and he's talking with his you know his girl shorts and his goofy scarf and blah blah blah. I say this just because he's a heel, but. He basically is, you know, mocking Ben McCoy. He's just basically saying, oh, you wish you'd come out and fight me. Ben's just like, well, I can't do it because I can't fight because, of course, you know, he's recovering from his broken leg deal. But he says, I know somebody who can fight you. And the lights go out. 
we just hear all of this, <laughs> we just hear all of this, um, we hear this, this woman just talking about how the king is coming back, back, the king will reclaim his throne, and so many people were just kind of like, what, what's going on here, uh, one of my former co-hosts, Spencer, he was kind of confused, but then as soon as he figured out who it was, he's like, no way, no way, and one of my friends I was sitting next to, Kari, she, uh, Charisma, for those of you that don't know, uh, she basically was kind of in the loss, like, huh, who, who could this be? And then, just as the person was just about to come out, she looks at me and she's like, no way. It's like, yeah? Because <laughs> uh, I knew who the surprise was, so maybe that was kind of one of those things that, uh, I came early to the show to do the interview with Kalucci, which, by the way, you should definitely check out. It's an awesome interview. So I kind of knew who the surprise was, and I think everybody else having that reaction of the return of just uh, the king of point, the monster of the Midwest, Sadist, made his return to a wrestling ring, and he killed Arsenic. He killed Arsenal like no other. Spearing him, one, two, three. It's literally one of those things where it's like, you know, He's like the Midwest version of Goldberg, only, honestly, I'm going to say this, and I know this is kind of a bit of a rib, but I would say better, because he does have more moves to utilize other than a spear and a jackhammer. I mean, he did a pop-up powerbomb to Arsenal. It was beautiful. It was great. And then that spear by Sadis was just uh, it's just beautiful. It was just great to see that. So it was great to see Sadis back in a ring again. It was just fantastic. Uh, main event of the show was college. Colin Young Money Brooks against Logan Lynch. And this was a great matchup. I knew that myself and Charisma, we were going to be splitting the crowd where I'm cheering for Colin, she's cheering for Logan. There are even some other girls that were cheering for Logan Lynch, but to be honest, it's kind of one of those things where I understand why women are so attracted to Logan Lynch. He is literally a guy who probably could create like a 12-pack he literally is one of those guys who is that fit. He is that gifted. He is a tremendous talent. And within, I would say, the next year or two, if I don't see this guy on a TV show, that is going to be a huge... It's going to be a huge injustice because he is very talented. He is one of those guys who does so much. And he has really come out as one of the best in the Midwest. So... It's going to be a crime if he's not on TV, and even on like a major network television deal within the next two years, I would say. Uh, but yeah, like I said, get back to that matchup. This was great. Colin just, he was literally that hometown hero that would not quit, and he always he was doing that deal where he was just basically saying, saying, hey, is that all you got? Is that all you got? And he dropped a couple of <laughs> a couple of pee bombs. He called him a pussy, which I was like, "Oh snap! Colin is showing some balls here." <laughs> and it was just honestly really great. And I thought we, the finish was going to be a DQ finish. Logan Lynch had the uh, heavyweight title. He's going to crack Colin over the head with it. But Marche Rocket, he comes in, he grabs the belt from Logan, and he's just basically like, "No, no, 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 no! It's not ending that way." Logan's distracted. Boom! Gets hit with a stunt with a, t- a second rope stunner. Colin Brooks goes again. Boom! Hits it again. One, two, three. Colin Brooks is the new Frontline Pro Heavyweight Champion. And one of the things that I 
remember seeing was Ben McCoy getting in the ring and just hugging Colin. He earned this moment. He had been a you know heavyweight champion before, and he won it in point, but it was only for like a drink of coffee. That was how long that title run was. He won it at the beginning of the night, lost it at the end of the night. Reasons why, we'll never know. Needless to say, I have severed all ties with the promotion that did that. But having Brooks win the title in point, and to have that moment where people are just saying, you deserve it, and just the emotion on his face when he... It was just... It was great. It was one of those things where where you just remember those kind of moments. You remember the, you know, where you were when the first man landed on the moon. You remember what happened when, you know, when we had Barack Obama elect, uh, elected as the first you know African-American president. You remember when Daniel Bryan did the miracle on third, on, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember, miracle on, on Third Street. Uh, it's just one of those things where... I was very happy that I was a part of that. I was very happy that I was with friends just relishing and enjoying the great matchup between these two and to see Colin Brooks have that moment where he is now he's now the man. He is now in all honesty the face of the company. He is the guy to beat. He's got a target on his chest. He's got everybody gunning for him. And in all honesty, guys, I'm looking forward to seeing how Colin, you know, just thwarts any kind of injustice that tries to come his way, as well as just finds way to just overcome the odds. So congratulations go out to Colin Brooks for that big victory and a frontline pro. They drew out one of the biggest crowds in the conventions center when it came to a wrestling event. They drew, I think it was about 450 people, if I'm not mistaken, it was just, it was awesome. It was a really great thing to see. And to have that kind of success and to be a part of that moment, it's going to be great. And for those of you that are curious, um, they are going to be coming back to Stevens Point. But oh boy, are they not coming alone. The start of the night, they made the announcement that on April 12th, I believe it was. I'll, I'll definitely confirm it more as the time gets closer. But in April... They actually, I think they actually pushed it up uh, from the end of the month to I think the middle of the month, if I'm not mistaken, and announced that Rob Van Dam is indeed coming to Stevens Point. So for those of you that are looking to see the whole effing show, you're going to get that chance to see him. And I actually was there when a fan won the rights to get three tickets to the show, Frontline, Frontline Pro, for Rob Van Dam, and they got front row tickets, but they also are going to get first privileges to see and meet Rob Van Dam. They deserved it. I actually have them as friends on Facebook, and I said, I even said to them, I said they deserved it. So I am looking forward to seeing this deal, and it is my dream right now. It's going to be on my bucket list until it happens. It's, I need to, to have Nate the and Great and the whole effing show in the same picture at the same time. It needs to happen. That is on my bucket list, and it is going to happen come 2020. Come hell or high water. Guaranteed it. I'm calling it right now. 
it's going to happen. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm, 2020 is going to be an awesome year. It really is. So, going to take a quick commercial break and then come back, guys. Going to cover some news articles that came out of WWE this past week, as well as couple, cover a couple things. Uh, definitely going to be talking about the build-up to Survivor Series. And I'm going to be bringing back a bit of an old segment. And let's just say this. It's just time to change the F up. Stay tuned, guys. Be right back. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is King Ricky Rose, your co-general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you enjoy what you listen to each and every week here on Wrestle Addict Radio, we invite you to enjoy even more content from us on our exclusive Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month, you get bonus content and commentary from each and every show here on WrestleAddict Radio. That means bonus content from the Kings of the Rings podcast, from Not Your Mama Soap Opera, from 4-4 WrestleCast, from the Gipta Podcast, and from the Game Changer WrestleCast. So for $5 a month, go to patreon.com backslash WrestleAddict Radio, sign up, you get exclusive content, exclusive access to us pretty much 24-7, and exclusive shows that can only be found and are exclusive to Patreon. So again, folks, patreon.com backslash wrestle radio, $5 a month, all the content that you could ever want in wrestling. Enjoy. What up, fam? It's your boy, JC Bones, the host of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And you are making a change because you're listening to the Game Changer podcast only on Wrestle Addict Radio. Emma, what more do I need to say about her, to be honest? Welcome back to the Game Changer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am indeed Nate the Effing Great, a part of the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Definitely check us out at Addict underscore Wrestle, and check out not only us here at the Game Changer Podcast, but we, oh man, guys, 24 nominations for this year's Wrestling Podcast Awards. This is an awesome honor that we are going to be a part of. December 8th, definitely check that out. Hosted by one of our biggest contributors, in all honesty, the Rant Father, Rant with Ant, Anthony DeStefano. It's going to be an awesome night. Definitely do not miss out on that. Like I said, 24 categories, 24 nominations. I apologize. Jeez, I don't think there are 24 categories of that. Um, 24 nominations. For us here at the Game Changer Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Gift of Podcast, Nacho Mama Soap Opera Podcast, and the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Definitely check all them out and be sure to vote for your favorite. We would love Wrestle Attic Radio to take one victory home. And honestly, guys, for me personally, I would love to see the Game Changer Podcast take at least one, hopeful of two, Wrestle uh, two uh, podcast awards. For that, so definitely get a chance. Go over to Wrestle Hub, make your votes, and be a part of history because it is going to be an awesome night. Uh, speaking of Anthony, I want to say this right now that I posted a video on my Facebook where 
I did this glorious bomb where I made the announcement that I was going to go to WrestleMania this year. And one thing that I've definitely noticed throughout this year is that it's been an incredible year. And definitely going to take some time to reflect on it uh, next month. I'm not going to do too much time here uh, this time around. But one thing I definitely do want to highlight was that going to WrestleMania and going to New Jersey, going to be a part of just this absolutely fantastic, fantastic experience. It was great. Uh, the Rank Gala was amazing. Got the chance to meet up with Anthony Stefano. Got to meet, you know, King Ricky. Got to meet up with, um, I think I think that might have been the first time that I met up with uh, Dusty Dave, who we've definitely have really been close friends, even since the, ever, ever since then. Uh, you, you guys know the history. We went to see, we went to see you all out together, and it was awesome. Um, Getting a chance to meet, you know, other people a part of that. I got to meet uh, Mance, got to meet Jeff, got to meet uh, Scott. Scott ran. Oh man, Scott is Scott is an amazing dude. I uh, got to meet the D- the Demon Diva along with her fiance. Two great people. In all honesty, Issa <laughs> Issa is is great. She is very passionate about about her about being a fan, but she is definitely also passionate about so many great things, so I'm hoping everything should be going well for them, and wishing them nothing but the best, I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures of, you know, the big day, so where I'm getting to this is that there are people from that big group that obviously you connect on a professional level, and there are some that connect on a personal level, and a couple days ago, I I got a message from the the grandfather, from Ant, and it's really great seeing everything that he's still able to do, he's enjoying his time recording podcasts. He's not doing wrestling podcasts more. He's doing more pop culture deals with The Rant. Definitely check that out. It's an absolutely fantastic show. Um, he's bringing back, you know, rant Claus for this year, which, oh gosh, I'm looking forward to that. And I will be donating. So definitely keep your ears out for that. Definitely check out uh, Anthony's stuff. Definitely check out The Rant. Definitely check out him on Twitter at Game of Ant. Major shout out for that. But uh, I got that message from him, and first thing he says to me, he just says, "Dude, I want you. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna quote him on this. This is the first time I've probably ever done something like this. I want to quote somebody that that they said on here, and this is a really great uh, conversation that he and I have been doing. So I'm gonna read just a couple excerpts from this. So the first thing that he said, he just said, "Hey, bro, just wanted to reach out and tell you I'm proud of you, bro." And we have said so many times that he is so he is one of those guys who is so he has a heart of gold he really does and that was just something that i really love talking to him love getting the chance to see how everything's going with him i mean he he's a two-time daddy but actually no he's a three-time daddy because there's his wife there's his two daughters and I'm getting getting off topic here. So, this was one of those first things that I... It's it's really awesome. And definitely, I'm looking forward to seeing the sketches as well as everything that's going on with this. It's just going to be an absolutely fantastic show. I'm guaranteeing that's going to be awesome. But just having that one deal where he says to me that, that he was proud, that meant so much to me. Because this is probably... I would say about maybe 70% a thankless job. It's just something that we do. 
And for the rest of the 30% who come up to me and say, hey, dude, thank you so much for giving your advice. I've had people come up to me and ask me advice about how do I set up, you know, like a podcast deal? How do you do podcast deals? How do you get guests? How do you do stuff like this? That has not happened to me in the over five plus years. Actually, it's been, oh man, has it been five years already? Yeah, I think it's been. I, th- I think it's good. Well, actually, no, it's going to be five years in April, I believe. So I might have to do something special for that. <laughs> um, it's been one of those things where at fir- my first year, I was burnt out. I almost had no passion to continue doing this. But then getting a chance to work with you know Spencer and as well as Max, it definitely opened my eyes to, the, my, to that passion again. And then going from, you know, the Squirt Circle podcast to the Elite Wrestling Network, the uh, Elite, was it the Elite Elite Network, Elite Wrestle Network, Elite Podcast Network? I can't remember it. I can't remember it anymore. Oh my gosh, um, I I can't even remember what it was anymore. Um, to go from that to the Elite Network to then you know it was first the uh, it was first you know the I, I think it was the Change the F up podcast beforehand, but then having that change to the Game Changer podcast, having that transition was just, was great. And I have found this to be one of the best things that I could do. Some people call it a hobby, I call this a passion. I really enjoy getting the chance to talk to people who have listened to the show, I get the chance to talk to people who have the same kind of passion as I do, and it's just great to, to hear from that. And honestly, I will I will tell you guys this, that out of a lot of the people here from the WrestleAddict Radio deal, the main ones that I have really come to see more as just, you know, just podcasting deals has been Mr. Fretz, um, I would say from time to time Jeff Famaccio, who I've plugged so many times, and he does a fantastic job with his show, Nacho Mama Soap Opera, uh, and also Anthony. Those are probably like the top three guys that I can definitely say are more than just than just being. I got dogs barking outside. I apologize. More than just being your know, podcast, your know, cohorts. They turn out to be friends, and between Anthony and Fretz, they feel like family because they show us the kind of support that you're not going to find with just any group of people. It's just so great to hear that. So I want to take this time to say thank you to everybody who's shown their support and want to say thank you for listening. You are the reason why I do this. And not to sound too like cheesy, but you're the reason why life is worth living. You're the reason why I continue to do this and I want to continue to improve and I want to continue to be better. So thank you guys so much. And we are going to make... We're going to end 2019 on a, on a high note, and we're going to ride that momentum all the way to 2020. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. All right, so now I have to get from this kind of mushy-mushy stuff to talking about some of the news things here. Uh, one thing that I really wanted to talk about was that they have been there have been a lot of rumors escalating that the Stone Cold Podcast is going to be coming back, and it might even be a network special, and one person that is advertised for this is The Undertaker. I want to see that. I want to hear that. I think that having a Stone Cold podcast with The Undertaker would be great. And this was something that was kind of like this uh, 
how WWE should book deal that Adam Blompier used to do. He actually said that before WrestleMania even happened, they should do uh, a podcast with Stone Cold and Undertaker, where it was going to be you know his last match and everything like that. It's just it's really great to, to see to hear that kind of stuff, and I'd be all for it. I would love to hear so many of these different stories that he probably has, whether it's talking about his early stages of his career, maybe getting better offers from other companies, uh, how the Undertaker character was created, how he's put so much pressure on him at WrestleMania time to put on one of the best matches. And you could say, you know, we can call Shawn Michaels the showstopper, and he even you know, had that moniker of Mr. WrestleMania, the true, the true WrestleMania icon was The Undertaker. He had a huge streak of 21-0 and zero until Brock Lesnar killed that streak at WrestleMania 30. And he's still one of those uh, people who continues to try to deliver his best to the, to the WWE. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. When that happens, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, another thing that... Come here, uh, Jordan Miles. A lot of people know him as ACH. Oh, boy. Um, so he reportedly quit WWE because he says that he doesn't want to work for racists. Apparently this whole thing blew up because he did not agree with one of the t-shirt designs that WWE posted out and stuff like that. And he was accusing them of being racist. He even made the comment that Jordan Miles was like his slave name. And... WWE has gone on record to state that, you know, we have always ran through these, you know, t-shirt designs with people, and he approved it. He's, it's That's literally what it was. So, here's my two cents on this. As far as WWE being quote-unquote racist, there have been quite a few moments in WWE's checkered past where it probably does kind of support that fact that, you know, maybe Jordan Miles has a point. But as of late, I literally cannot think of a time where WWE was, you know, was be was being racist. I know that, you know, people that have been associated with WWE have been racist. I mean, do we have to mention Hulk Hogan? I'd rather not. Um, do we have to mention the fact that Vince McMahon dropped the N-bomb on a huge, broad, a huge worldwide scale during Survivor Series? I would rather not. Um, do we want to mention, like, some of the more lewd <laughs> and very crude stuff that has happened in the checkered past? Um, I mean, do we have to mention the, <laughs> when, when I, when I say checkered, I'm immediately reminded of the half, half and half deal that Roddy Piper did back in the day. Yeah, they, they, they had that on television. That was a thing. So, I will say this, that I think WWE has learned from their mistakes in the past, and they are definitely trying to not make the same mistakes again. Although it's creative, that can be a bit of a different story. But when it comes to these mistakes, you know, either, you know, when it comes to superstars' health, when it comes to hitting these, you know, political issues and stuff like that, they definitely learn, okay, we've tried this, it did not work, we're not going to do that again. So, this is one of those situations where I think that... Maybe Miles is not exactly in the right here because if WWE has made this claim that he that you know he approved this, then it's going to make him look like an idiot. 
you do. There are so many times where WWE has met, mentioned, you know, well, people have the option to do this, uh, but there are certain things where they have also admitted that, you know, let's take the Luke Harper situation for a while, where Luke Harper talks about how he wanted to leave the company. He's asked for his release, and WWE denied it. I remember hearing that there was a clause in the contract that has him, uh, you know, stuck for a certain amount of time. Because, and it's one of those things where it would have ended this year, but because he was injured, it had to be extended. So it was kind of one of those things where, let's say, he was uh, supposed to be released in September, but he was out for, let's say, uh, four months. There was a clause in his contract which basically stated, well, you know, you're going to be out, but we're going to be extending that contract until you fulfill it. So now, instead of in September, he would have been gone he would have his release in January. It's a really weird contract deal, but at the same time, I'm not going to lie, it kind of does make sense. I'm not going to be that one that's going to say, like, oh, they deserve, you know, anybody who gets injured deserves to stick around any longer. No, if they're not happy, they don't deserve to be there. They should have, like, a you know, professional uh, conversation with WWE and their legal team about this and talk about how I'm not happy with this. I think Tommy Dreamer is probably one of the best examples where... He was not happy with where he was with the company. The whole deal with you know ECW, they didn't really do much with him. And they had him do like the whole deal where he was the ECW champion. And after a few months, he was back in the same rut that he was again. And he mentioned that he just signed a deal. And he said, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't be a part of this. So I, he, he wanted out. So maybe in that sense he was able to get out of it. Maybe there is a clause there that said, you know, okay, you you don't have to resign, and if you do this, you give us the heads up. Yes, we will let you let you leave. Something like that. I don't know, but it's very hazy how the contract situation works, and it's very hazy with WWE on what they do because let's face it, they don't exactly they're not exactly the perfect company to work for. I mean, we've definitely seen that time and time again, but it's going to be interesting to see where uh, Miles goes from here. I know that AEW has no interest in signing him, and to be honest, I can't blame him. With all this kind of bad publicity that he's drawing, I'd be surprised if he was not you know, blacklisted in the world of wrestling. He probably put himself in his own grave. That's my thoughts on that. Uh, so let's go on to some some good news, honestly. Uh, of Mustafa Ali. Yes, Mustafa Ali, his name is back. He's no longer just Ali. I love the fact that that happened. I loved the fact that he is Mustafa Ali again, so I'm very happy for that. There's a report going around that Lana is not very comfortable with this whole storyline that's going on here. And here's basically the gist of what I've been told when it comes to the storyline. The ultimate result from this is that Lana and Rusev are going to get back together. Um, yeah, good luck trying to uh, to get to that point. Because we're at the point right now where they have done so many bizarre things. And I don't even think it's like the whole deal with, you know, with the, with the Flash and Lana making out. I don't think it's that's the issue. But when you have this deal where they do a 
they add a pregnant deal to the situation, and Lana is basically saying, oh, well, well, she's, I'm going to give birth to a monster and blah, 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 stuff like that. It's like, what? No, this is, no, ugh. They incorporated this. Uh, I know that they've done these kind of storylines in the past. Uh, probably the most notable one has been the, I hate to say this, but Kane and Lita, the, yes, it's, I, I have to say it, it was a rape storyline. And that happening. Yeah, um, that was probably the more well-known ones in WWE, other than, you know, Mae Young and Mark Henry giving birth to a hand, or, or Mae Young giving birth to Baby New Year, which is Hornswoggle in a diaper. I will admit, that, that was entertaining. That was funny. Um, but I understand why Lana is probably not comfortable with this, because it's a storyline that doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And so many people have said, I think that even Rusev went on record to say, oh, that he's a part of one of the best storylines in WWE right now. It, in all honesty, I disagree. It is not a good storyline. Is it good people talking? Well, of course it does. But it's not the kind of publicity that you would want. And you look at how everything is going down with with this whole deal where Lana left Rusev because she thought that Rusev cheated on her and that he's a sex addict and stuff like that. Which It's just really, just really stupid. And I will also tell you this, that they mentioned the fact that Lana and Lashley have had sex. Why? I don't know. It's stupid. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, are you sure that you're not the sex addict in this situation? I just... It's a really weird situation. And I am not at all for the storyline. I hope the storyline just dies in a fiery crash because it is stupid and I do not understand it. And I do not want to understand it because it makes no sense. I mean, right now, what are the women doing in AEW? Um, they are... Okay, so maybe this is a bad comparison, but, you know, for like a, a big name like, you know, quote-unquote Lana... For her to be going from wrestling to this deal where she and Rusev are fighting and Lashley's kind of this, you know, mistress boyfriend or something like that, it's just stupid. Um, to go from that to, like, a big name like Brandy Rhodes doing this deal where Awesome Kong is just taking locks of hair as kind of like trophies, it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of dig this because Awesome Kong has that kind of presence where she can be that person who can just literally be like, I beat this person down, I'm going to take a souvenir. It's kind of like that, um, kind of like that hunter from the second Jurassic World as well as the second Jurassic Park, in all honesty, where they're looking for the big game. They're looking for that big person, their big, their next big, you know, trophy to do that. And it makes sense. So... I think this is just an insulting storyline to the fans. This is an insulting storyline to Rusev and Lashley, who could probably put on some really good matches with each other. But they should be doing them for different reasons, not this whole boyfriendish deal thing that makes no sense. It's just really stupid. Uh, we need to go into another, uh, another deal here. Oh, okay, so some very good news, and this is something that I'm very happy to hear about. Uh... 
WWE Backstage, which honestly I've enjoyed a couple of their programs. I like the fact that they've incorporated some celebrity stuff. They have, and honestly, I loved the Gabriel Iglesias promo that he had with Samoa Joe. I thought that they could honestly put on a really great program if they had uh, Iglesias have like a surrogate wrestle for him. I think that would be awesome. Uh, I like some of the deals where they have the guests on. They talk about some of the things going on with their career. That's always great to do. This was a monumental deal. So, Renee Young was the only one who knew about this. And she made the comment at the end of the show that she is that, you know, a lot of shows have a lot of great iconic moments or memorable moments, and we're going to have one right here tonight. So everybody's just kind of like, wait, what, what, what are you talking about? What, okay, um, let's, see, let's see what you got. And she does like a countdown of three, two, one, cult of personality plays, out comes CM Punk. First time since 2014 CM Punk is on a WWE-branded television show. However, from what people have been saying, he's working on behalf of Fox. He's now working with WWE. He's working on behalf of Fox. He's going to be an analyst, and from what I've been told, he's not going to be on there every single week. He's going to be on there for, like, you know, a couple of spots here and there. Uh, there's been a lot of teases from wrestlers who have said, you know, oh, I want to fight CM Punk. I want to fight CM Punk, like Seth Rollins, uh, The Fiend, a couple other people like that. I don't necessarily see CM Punk getting in the ring anytime soon. I really don't. And I, again, got into an argument with somebody about CM Punk where he basically just said, called, you know, CM Punk an MMA loser, didn't care about that. It's just, some people are just idiots. I'm one of them, but I just, I like to acknowledge the fact that there are some people that are idiots. So here's where it gets to be interesting because already people have been spewing the rumors that, oh, CM Punk's going to be, in a matchup at WrestleMania, and that's how this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. The reason why CM Punk is back, from what I've been told, is that they really do want backstage to be a big draw, and already their ratings have not exactly been as good as they were before. So they want to see if CM Punk still has that kind of drawing power that he used to have as a wrestler. And in all honesty, I'm looking forward to it. And I love that he had the line at the end of that show where he said, just when they think they have the questions, I change the culture. And he's doing all of these like random like one word uh, like what catchphrases that where he substitutes one word. In honesty, it's cool. It's honestly something that I'm okay with. If this is his gimmick, maybe it'll get old after a while, but to me, seeing CM Punk on TV again, that's great. Got the chance to meet him uh, twice this past year, and I Thanks him on both occasions, and he's a really nice guy. There's some people that have said that he's an asshole. I've not had that interaction with him, so I can't say that he is one, because I've never had that kind of side of CM Punk. So, going from there, uh, and we'll actually talk about this before going to the uh, commercial break. So, there is a rumor going around that WWE is possibly going to be granting releases for certain WWE superstars. Now, this could include the release requests of, you know, Harper and Canellis. Most recently, Sin Cara. Uh, Sin Cara, the better one, because the original one 
was just a train wreck. I'm sorry, but it's just so hard to imagine another Sin Cara than the one that we have right now. And it's one of those things where they may have a competition clause where basically, okay, we'll grant you your release, but you can't go work for another company. Now, whether that's going to be, you know, just forever or for maybe it's a situation where it's like, well, we'll let you go, but you can't work for this company for X amount of months or maybe X amount of years or something like that. Who knows? So there is that part where it's like, well, maybe it seems better just like waiting out the contract than just, you know, than just get, getting that. But to be honest, I understand that people would want to leave, you know, would want to accept those terms because they just want to be out of WWE. There's nothing really going on with them. And I really hate to see that because there are so many people that are so talented that deserve better, in all honesty. So we need to see if WWE is going to go through with this or if this is just a major rumor. Right now, I'm just assuming that it's a rumor. And it seems like it is going to be a rumor until somebody says something. But so many talented guys are just not being utilized or they're just being wasted it's insulting to them. So I'm hoping that this gets resolved before the year's over. We'll just have to wait and see. But all right, guys, I'm going to take another quick commercial break. Then we come back. Time to have the return of a little thing that I used to call change the F up. So stay tuned, you guys. Be right back. Hey, guys, this is Nate the F and Great. Hey, have you ever wanted to be a champion but can't seem to really find the money and the time to get a championship belt? Well, you know who's a really good friend of mine? AJ from AJsBelts.com. These guys have a large assortment of championship belts, from classic belts to the modern day belts to championship belts that you would not even believe. And guys, like I said, they work with you very well. With an awesome layaway program, there is no way that you can beat these guys' prices as well that these guys' deals, especially when you can give them a little bit of money every now and then until you can get that championship gold. Coming from a guy who's a champion and a game changer, I'm Dean Nate the Effing Great, and I'm representing AJsBelts.com, proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. What's up, everyone? This is yo. This is the founder of the King's Wings Podcast, Will Tarasher, Keezen Thomas, A-R-A-S-H, UK, and you're listening to the Game Changer Podcast right here on WrestleAct Radio. When you look at me, they are so gorgeous, they'll set you free. Could it be my walk, or just my stare, that makes you freeze when I appear? Super good looking, every hair in place, everyone loves this gorgeous face. You can- Remember when Tyler Breeze was like the incarnation of Shawn Michaels? That was just, that was just amazing. Welcome back to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, a part of Russell Attic Radio, the 24-nominated, a huge network, 
And we, of course, got six nominations along with the Fourth Wall WrestleCast and the Kings of the Rings podcast, who got nominated for Podcast of the Year. So if you believe that the Kings of the Rings podcast deserved that nomination, definitely give them a nomination. Give them the vote for that. It's going to be an absolutely crazy show come December 8th. All right, guys, so before I get into talking about the, you know, Change the F Up deal, I do want to go through some great tweets that I actually did, for, that I do need to mention here. So we're going to go into the Pro Talk Wrestling Tweets of the Week. So guys, hit the music. Velveteen Dream. Alright you guys, so like I said, this was voted on by myself. I picked up some of the best tweets of the week that I thought would be really cool to go to. So, let's go right into it. At Rare Moxley says, So Matt and Revy Hardy hinted at their new baby's initials being BKH. And I can only think that their baby's name is gonna be Banjo-Kazooie Hardy. And there's just this gift of Banjo-Kazooie right underneath their... Uh, and where I have it pictured, it's just uh, Banjo having his banjo and just doing like the whole, ah, kind of deal. <laughs> this was a great tweet. I loved it. Um, so another great tweet from here comes from the underscore realist two underscore, which basically they have LMAO hashtag full gear. And it's showing the picture of the two Pentagon uh juniors and then next to them is the two Sinkaras. so basically it's like okay so AEW took something from WWE and made it even better I, I kind of liked that it was it was really cool uh, next one comes from Jesse the Buckeye and she always has great reaction videos definitely check her out definitely check out all these posts um, love this because this past Raw was in England so she says, oh gosh, these fake crowd noises are going to bother me all night. Hashtag raw. And honestly, you guys, there were some points where you definitely could tell that those were fake noises where the crowd was just not excited. Even Walter. I was looking forward to seeing Walter versus Rollins. And then they decided, no, we're going to have like a tag match. It's like, why? It just makes no sense anymore. <sighs> it's really weird. At WWE Critics has one where... They say, everyone talks about Charlotte's title reigns, but I'd love to know, know how many times she's turned heel slash face. She's racking up quite the impressive tally of shifts. <laughs> you know, honestly, guys, it is kind of amazing how many times she has kind of gone between the two of them. And it does kind of remind me of just Big Show when everybody made crap about him. It's just amazing. Uh, at Brian FTW13 says... The hashtag Kabuki Warriors are still famous, especially Kyrie Sane, but I wish their tag team theme were better and not just a mix between their singles themes. Cannot agree more with that, my good sir. At Mr. Warren Hayes says, up-and-coming wrestler. This is why you always help the ring crew put <laughs> put the ring together. <laughs> so definitely offering a lot of advice to that. I, I cannot agree more with that. Alright, this was one of my favorites. So at TD underscore wrestling says Orange Cassidy is the true watchful protector of of AEW and it's a gift from the brawl that uh, Proud and Powerful had 
against the Young Bucks, where one of the Bucks gets thrown into the bathrooms. We see Orange Cassidy, he's just standing there, hands in pockets, just chilling out. And I think it was I think it was Ortiz. He is literally looking around like, uh, okay. And he just does this slow close of the bathroom door. It was awesome. I, I love this. Oh, man. Oh, boy. And this is why I waited until now. At Second Row Wrestling says, Le Champion onto MJF. Love this line. This is probably my quote of the week. It's like your parents got horny when they were watching me beat up Juventud Guerrera 20 years ago on WCW Saturday Night, and nine months later, your little twerp ass popped out. Oh, man, that was just that was just great. I love that callback. That was great. And <laughs> we follow up with MJF saying, who's Hoovy? Jericho? Google it, son. <laughs> Google it, Junior. Uh, that was great. Uh, at Wrestling But Why says, uh... Marco Stunt looks like a child with a tattoo. Who signed that permission form for that? I sure as hell did not, and I don't know who did, but it was really weird. Oh, man, this was great. At Super Kicking It, uh, Super Kicking It with Kelsey. Definitely check out her stuff. It's just absolutely great. So she says, he crashed Cody's match. And this is talking about MJF. Uh, He crashed Jericho's promo, and he crashed my interview with Colt, being Colt Cabana. MJF is a menace. I was able to get a little bit of revenge, but he still called me four eyes. I know he'll get what's coming to him sooner or later, though. So, here's a funny story about this. So, when this happened, I saw the interview. MJF just... (laughs) MJF just cuts in the middle, grabs the microphone from Kelsey, and starts conducting the interview like nothing happened. Then Kelsey grabs, like, a couple of pieces of paper and smacks MJF in the face. Oh, man. I I literally said to her, okay, so you need to, like, evolve this. So next time it's, like, a couple more pieces of paper, then it evolves into, like, a comic book, and then it just... It, the final stage is literally, like, him getting hit by a dictionary or a thesaurus. I just think that would be amazing. Uh, at Sasha Lagarde, I believe that is, says, That MJF and Chris Jericho promo is just a masterpiece. Welcome to Promos 101. Simply amazing. I could not agree more. Uh, at Ryan Griffin 91 says, Ha 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 ha. Marco Stunt with the middle, with the bird to Dark Order. And it's just a gif of, <laughs> of Jungle Boy having Marco Stunt on his shoulders, just flitting a bird to Stu Grayson from Dark Order. It's amazing. Oh, I love it. Uh, uh, at Kid of Wrestling says uh, King Corbin gets the entrance he deserves. In all honesty, him having that deal where he's being carried on on the throne there. It was almost like how uh, Macho Man and Mabel were doing it. It was just great. I did make a comment where I said that hopefully they don't drop him like they did Mabel. Oh, man. Uh, at Chairman SV says, I agree, Coleslaw, this is embarrassing. I believe that this was one where they were talking about the... Uh, no, it was. It was talking about the uh, in the first segment of SmackDown. So, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, at Kid Wrestling again says, Happy that Mustafa Ali got his full name back in WWE. Could not agree more with that. Uh, at Mind of PJ Cage says... WWE didn't quit on CM Punk. CM Punk quit on WWE. Fox, hold my beer. 
That was great. At Cage Side Seats says, you ever turn on wrestling and think, what do I, why do I like this? And it's just that gif of the Titantron having a little chihuahua with the Roman hair. And there's that guy dressed up as the dog with the Roman Reigns vest and just, well, that's just so dumb. Uh, I, sometimes I hate wrestling. At Nick Jason Lopez says, we are artists, we are POTUS, we are intellects. Make fun pop rock lyrics. Makes fun uh, pop punk lyrics, I'm sorry. Sami Zayn basically is like a walking Wonder Years song anyways. Dude, I can't really disagree with that. It's just amazing. And there's a couple of these other deals where I showed what was going on with that. But my favorite picture of the week is the one where we see... <laughs> we see Baron Corbin is the WWE King of the Ring. Uh, WWE is on Fox. Fox is owned by D- Disney, so technically, Baron Corbin is a Disney princess. Sometimes when he talks, he does sound very, very very feminine. It's like his balls have not yet dropped. So those have been some of my favorite tweets, as well as pictures of the week, you guys. If you want to be a part of this, be sure to use the hashtag ProTalkWrestling, and you will be a part of this. You will get a special shout-out for your tweets. All right. That has been awesome, and I, again, I love that. I also have a picture of the Baby Yoda, which everybody is literally just fan... Uh, I don't even know if it's like... it's it's, it's not, I wouldn't even say fanboying, but they're just like going crazy for it. They're just like, oh my god, there's, it's so cute, and everything like that. And it is it is cute. I will admit that. I have not gotten a chance to see the... Mandalorian? Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Okay. I probably botched that name up, whatever it was. Um, I've been too busy watching some of the classic movies. I know I got a chance to watch a bit of Frozen with uh, my mother. We also got to watch a nice little short from Frozen. That was just great. Getting a chance to hang out with, you know, family and just watch Disney movies on Disney Plus was just great. But I got the chance to finish up Flight of the Navigator, which was honestly a pretty good movie, as well as uh, The Great Mouse Detective, which is by far one of my favorites, if not my favorite Disney movie of all time. Anyway, so... Going to close off the show by doing a couple of rebookings and stuff like that. I used to do this like periodically, and I was going to do that for the 12 days of... It was like the 12 days of bookings and stuff like that, but I'm just not going to have the time for it. So I thought, I'll just bring them up periodically every now and then. So I did want to address this. When I talked about the whole you know pregnancy storyline, it did actually make me think, has there ever been a really good relationship storyline in... WWE or in wrestling, so I had to really think to myself, what are some that really kind of stand out here, and are there some that I would change, or are there just ones that were really good? <clears throat> uh, when I think of WWE, I think one of the best relationship storylines that was involved in, that that was, you know, really good and not completely stupid, honestly, it involved the love triangle between Chris Jericho, Trish Stratus, and Christian. The Basically, where we see Chris Jericho, who was a heel for a good majority of his years. I think, gosh, I want to say from 2001 to about 2004. So he, he was a heel for at least uh, almost three years, I want to say. And he literally turned face because he was involved with Trish Trash, who was a babyface at the time. And to see that, and to see the relationship between Christian and uh, 
for, and uh, Chris Jericho slowly deteriorate because of Trish Stratus, quote unquote. Uh, but also to see, you know, the big swerve at WrestleMania 20. And some people have said that that's an underwhelming matchup. I think it was a pretty good matchup. It was serviceable, especially when we got that WrestleMania moment where we saw um, Chris Stratus slap Chris Jericho, and then Christian hit the unprettier, and we just see it end with Christian and Trish uh, just Frenching each other on the stage. It was one of those things where I was like, wow, this is a pretty impactful story. And it was a story that went on for at least a few more months, and they also had that great ladder match at Unforgiven early later on that year. It was it was a great show. It was a great it was a great story. Uh the main one that comes to mind when I think of like how relationships in WWE or not in WWE in wrestling should be done. And when everything was just in place, everything was just perfect. And it honestly happened in TNA, in Impact. And I'm talking about the story between uh, Maria and Allie. So, basically to kind of set you guys up for what basically happens here. So, Allie was working for Maria. She was his her uh, assistant. And after a while, we see Allie getting you know, abused by her. And it was to the point where Allie was kind of getting sick of this. So... She is basically feeling bad about herself. So uh, Brandon Sutter, who is now Allie's real-life husband, basically was there for her, her basically you know, talking to her, comforting her, and Maria was not having any of it. So she hires this woman by the name of Laurel Lauren Van Ness, who a lot of people now know as Chelsea Green. So Sutter goes on like a couple dates with her, and then there's this moment where... Sutter seems like she's where Sutter is good, you know proposes to her. He he like drops up and gets down on like one knee by accident, and uh, Ness is just like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, I'll marry you, and blah 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 blah, blah stuff like that. Uh, it's building up to this deal to where Maria has had all of these things just in the palm of her hand, and this is one of those things that I really enjoy because this was something that everybody got behind. So, Allie was hoping, was kind of just wondering, you know, why Sutter just blew her off and everything like that. And Sutter is just doing this typical deal of just, oh, well, you know, I've kind of fallen out of love with you and blah, 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 stuff like that. But behind the scenes, Maria is telling Sutter, she said, you will be with Laurel Vaness. Or, if you do not, I will fire Allie. Because I think she had, like, some kind of contractual deal where she had this thing going on here. Um, so, we get to the wedding of Laurel Vaness and uh, Brandon Sutter, and it seems like it's going to happen where she's going to, where these two are going to end up being together, and it's going to be a deal, but Sutter, at the very last minute, said, you know what, I'm done, I can't do this anymore, I cannot do this anymore. The fact is, I do not love you, Vaness, I love Allie, and the only reason why I've been doing this was that Maria said that she would fire her if I did not go through with this. And it's one of those things where Maria thinks that she's got the final laugh. She thinks that she fired Allie. And this moment where Allie just says, you can't fire me, I quit. And we get this great wedding brawl. Oh my gosh, this is one of the best weddings in all honesty. I think the only one that could probably top this was the ODB Eric Young wedding in the Six Sides of Steel. That was just great. Um, but it ends with uh, Sutter and Allie uh, making sure that everybody's taken out, and we see 
You see the two of them share a kiss at the end. It's just one of those things like, oh, it's a happy ending kind of deal. I think they had like a blow-off match with this. And I do believe that Allie and Sutter won. So that was just one of those moments where I was like, okay, this was this was actually done very well. Some people might say that it was stupid. I would literally say that this was probably the best relationship deal I could ever see. Uh, another one that was pretty good was, I think, the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, where, yes, Macho Man, after becoming you know, King of the Ring, pushed Elizabeth aside, but just that moment where Miss Elizabeth comes to his age after being beat by the warrior, getting kicked down by Sherry, and just having her, you know, take Sherry out, and just having that embrace with Macho Man, and just showing that deal. And then they had, you know, the match made in heaven at that year's SummerSlam, I want to say. Just, that was just great. That's just great storytelling there. Definitely, if you haven't gotten a chance, just check that out. It's amazing. So, now this goes into the kind of like the change the F up deal that I was talking about. So, Mike Kanellis and Maria are literally two of the most talented people that I've seen, especially when it comes to being heels. And you look at everything that Mike already accomplished in uh, Impact Wrestling. I think it was like in a matter of like maybe a year or two. He beat EC3 to end his undefeated streak, which was about, I think I want to say two or three years, if I'm not mistaken. He won the X Division title. He was definitely on par to being one of those top guys that was eventually going to probably get a world title shot. Excuse me. And that was that was kind of it. Then they ended up, you know, leaving. But they were a really good heel couple. And all honesty, when they were to- when I was told they were signed to WWE, I was expecting big things. I would have thought that they would have been, re- you know, big, really big together. But in all honesty, they didn't. It was literally a deal where they appeared on Money in the Bank. Then they had that mini feud with Sami Zayn, and then they just kind of went off the rails from there. So this is where I come in. Because obviously they had this whole deal where they had the whole Maria being pregnant, and we don't know who the baby daddy is, and Mike's just fighting or something like this, but now they replace that with Marlon Rusev. They don't deserve that. I'm sorry. But the whole, after the whole thing with, you know, Lana, Ziggler, Rusev, and Summer Rae, that was just... It, it just feels like they're just continuing to go into another pothole every time. But getting back to Maria and Mike, there is so much potential for these guys, and I still believe that there is. If they get released and they go to a different company, they're going to be bigger stars, in all honesty. Because they were they were a miracle in Impact Wrestling. They were a part of a kingdom in the independent scene. So, to kind of capitalize on all that momentum and put that into WWE, obviously, you kind of have to do some things where it makes more sense. So, how would have I booked uh, Mike and Maria in WWE? Well, honestly... They had the right start. In all honesty, I would have had their pay-per-view matchup be their first matchup, where Mike Bennett takes on uh, Sami Zayn. I would honestly have that start the show. I would have honestly had that start the show, because I think it was uh, Battleground uh, when they had that deal. So have them kind of you know, continue to have them win. And honestly, I would have Mike win clean. Have that be just a respectable deal between the two of them, and you know, just have that kind of happen. And, you know, Mike goes on kind of like this little mini undefeated streak where he's taking on other wrestlers and doing this kind of deal. Um, it's not until we see somebody disrespecting uh, Maria. Maybe it is like a heel, say, at that time probably would have been 
I would say like a James Ellsworth at the time. I want I want to say yeah, Ellsworth would have been there. So had like a Carmella and Ellsworth deal. They insult Maria, and we see you know Mike Bennett. It's one of those situations where he literally snaps, and he just goes absolutely crazy. And it's a situation where Maria kind of looks at this and she's kind of like, okay, I I kind of like the fact that my man is defending me. So as time progresses on, we see Maria kind of utilizing that and using that to kind of you know push Mike Bennett to where eventually he would become a United States champion. I would not have Dolph Ziggler win the title because how they did that was just stupid. I would have had eventually uh, Mike Bennett win it. And to be honest, I would also had made sure that Maria was a part of that uh, was a part of that deal, where she actually cost Baron Corbin, you know, the matchup. So we see that, and you know, that comes to be a bit of a trend where Maria she starts. We see that layer kind of coming out where she starts getting more heelish. She kind of has this deal where she's like, "Yes, I like the fact that my man is actually winning, but I could give him a little bit more of an assist." Because there's some points where it does seem like he's about to lose, but she, in the end, helps helps her man win. So he becomes United States champion, and we kind of get that same deal that we had with uh, Benoit, Booker T, and Charmel, where everything is just revealed, and we see you know, Booker T is being like the noble guy, and we even see Mike basically learning the truth about what Maria's intentions were, where she, I think we could say... Like, uh, who would be a good baby face during that time? I would say... Gosh, who was, who was like, the big baby face during, during that whole entire idea? I would say I would say somebody like a... Like, like a Becky Lynch, or maybe even a Bobby Roode during that time, where basically they say, Hey, dude, your wife's basically using you to basically better... To, better, to you know, better herself. And she's also been, you know, lying. She's been doing these deals to get under your skin so that way you get better. And, you know, Mike, at first, he's just kind of like, really? You di- you lied to me? You lied to your husband? And this goes on for, like, a couple of weeks. Uh, we see Mike Bennett uh, pick up a victory over uh, well, over Bobby Roode. We'll say that the next big deal is with Bobby Roode. We see the two of them build that up. Uh, honestly, it gets a little bit of the TNA nostalgias in there, and it kind of gets us away from Jinder Mahal because, uh, um, we build that up, and we have, you know, a deal where Mike Bennett, maybe he accidentally puts his feet on the ropes, quote-unquote, accidentally, and we see Rude basically just saying, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? And this is kind of like where the big reveal happens, where Mike knew that Maria was doing this, and he's just saying, I had all of you fueled you have to remember that I don't care about what any of you guys say because the only per- opinion who matters to me is my lovely wife, Maria. <laughs> so we kind of see, see a bit of a tie-in with the fact that they have you know, the quote-unquote greatest love they'll ever know. So we're kind of tying in the fact that, hey, they're continuing to use the... Uh, they're kind of using the theme song. and they're, They believe that they are the truest love. And that's great. They continue doing that. They make it a lot of, make something out of it. Uh, eventually, you know, Mike would lose the title to a big face during that time, which honestly, that would probably be a good time to put it on Jeff Hardy, and just so that you know, maybe they don't. It was kind of a deal. We see him team up with 
a new with uh, somebody, and they become tag team champions. You kind of build that up. He, he, we get him to the point where he's kind of like an upper mid-carder, but we have to establish him in the singles run as well as the tag team run because you need to remember that Mike was also one of was also a tag team specialist. So you utilize that; it's going to help boost his you know morale as well as his deal even more. And to be honest, maybe one thing that they could do to keep him a babyface is mention the fact that you know I think this was during that I think that might have been during this time was that Mike would take time off to recover, and he comes back, and he again admits that, you know, the, the biggest love and the biggest support that he has from his wife, and even though he's done wrong things, he's going to prove that, you know, clean living, everything like that, you know, gets you everywhere. Can get you to, you know, bigger opportunities. So he's kind of one of those guys who promotes, you know, the, the clean living. He promotes... The fact that, you know, true love conquers all. He's kind of that character that is always loyal to his wife. He's very honest about his past, but he also shows that, you know, hard work and determination can really make a difference in the world. And he proves that. So that is kind of my thoughts on that. And that's kind of the a bit of the, you know, Change the F Up series I would have. That's how I would kind of would have booked uh, Mike and Maria in WWE. In all honesty... I think it's a good way to build them up. You you give him like a good you know run with the title, have him lose to a big top babyface, have him go through his rehab so that way he can get better and he has he gets off those pinkos and stuff like that, and even having him you know doing this deal where you know he knew he had to get better. He he, he speaks a lot of truth. He takes everything that he says. He had some truth into it because he wanted to get better for his family. We're not profit. You know, we're not. You know, I'm not saying that they should you know profit off of this. No, we definitely should have him have his morals. When they start putting on the fact, you know, like don't do drugs as a like a T-shirt, then they're profiting off of his rehab deal. But to have that documentary that they had where he was going through all these deals and then he went through rehab to get better, and for them to not you know capitalize on that, it's really mind-boggling. They should have literally had Mike Bennett be a representation of what, you know, clean living and having true love in your life really is all about. So that's kind of like the booking I would have for that. So let me know. Did you guys like it? Did you guys think that it was stupid? Uh, if there's, like, another booking you guys want me to discuss, definitely leave it in the comments. Let me know what you guys like to hear. Let me know what you guys would like for me to rebook because I would really love to give you guys a little bit more content. And who knows? Maybe I'll bring this up on Patreon. So with that being said... I've been Nate the Effing Great. This has been the Game Changer Podcast, a part of Wrestle Attic Radio, which, again, is at Attic underscore Wrestle, where you can check out us at the Game Changer Podcast, myself and Mr. Fretz, along with the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, Nacho Mama Soap Opera Podcast, as well as the Gifted Podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening in and bearing through me in this solo deal. Uh, Mr. Fretz will be back, hopefully, within the next week. But until then, enjoy your wrestling weekend. And remember to follow me on Twitter at RealFNGame. We're on so many great podcasting networks. Definitely also check us out on Patreon because we deliver a lot of great content and it's only for five bucks. That's like a that's like a Subway sub. What can get better than that? So thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.
You're on your way to pick up your daughter from her first high school dance. As you pull away, it starts to rain. Hard. Thankfully, you have a new set of premium Trico wiper blades, engineered for over 100 years to perform in any weather condition. With Trico's full line of premium beam blades, it also means you've got a clear line of sight for her first kiss, too. Hey, buddy. Head to your local auto parts retailer for a set of premium Trico wiper blades. Trico, seeing you through. Excuse me, Captain. This is your wake-up call from the new TrackFone Wireless. Uh, what's that now? What if you had to fly this plane while sitting back in the cabin? I wouldn't have any control. Well, that's what it's like going with some wireless companies. But TrackFone Wireless gives you control. Hmm. Get unlimited talk and text on America's best 4G LTE network starting at $20 a month, no contract. Plus, unlimited carryover data with active service. That's cool, but how'd you get in my cockpit? This is your wake-up call, people. The new TrackFone Wireless. Now you're in control. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com.